0: Could it be that the franchise of Roberto Clemente will enter the 2022 season without a right fielder? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins, which I hope you'll also check out. The Pirates fell to the Orioles' Yesterday in Grapefruit Play, 10 to 9, this was in Bradenton, and this was every bit as inconsequential as when they win down there. But here's one thing that stood out to me about this camp from the day that I showed up down there last week and spent a few days looking around, and I do this every spring training that I cover, looking around the clubhouse to make sure that I'm engaging with the starter at every position. That's actually how I do Because all of the players that are in there, and I want to make sure that I'm at least getting to know or getting to have some back and forth with the people that are going to be on the diamond. And when it comes to starting pitchers, of course, I did all of them. I went and talked to the closer, the setup guy, etc. It goes across the board. There's only one position on the field out of the everyday eight, that I didn't and couldn't have had any dialogue. And that's because it doesn't exist. The team currently does not have a right fielder. And if you think that sounds over the top or mean, I'm going to give you the three names that are the most likely to start April 7 in St. Louis. They are, in no particular order, Anthony Alford, Jared Oliva, and Greg Allen. And out of those three, if I told you that Greg Allen was probably the front runner, if there can be such a thing in a trio like that, you'd come back with the natural question, who the hell is Greg Allen, right? Because that's my reaction, too. Now, I'm someone who doesn't exactly obsess over the rest of Major League Baseball. The baseball that I follow is entirely Pittsburgh-based. At the very most, I'll strive to learn a little more about the teams in the National League Central. Greg Allen spent 35 games last year with the Yankees. I neither know nor care what his stats are. I know that he's 29, so he's not a prospect. I know that he's got some tools, and I know that the Pirates have been at least professing to be impressed with what they've seen so far, including this from Derek Shelton yesterday in Bradenton. Really solid at bats. You know, I mean, I joked with him that I didn't think he could score from first. That's why we pinch ran, <laughs> pinch ran him with Mitch. But uh, really consistent at bats. You know, his, the first impression of watching him with all the work that he's done on his swing over the last probably year and a half has really kind of resonated. And again, it's not in spring training, it's not just the walk. It's the nine pitch at bat. It's being able to grind through, being able to foul pitches off. And he really looks on balance. Okay. Wow. No. Greg Allen does not need to be this team's right fielder. This year or any year, if there is money to be spent, and one would certainly hope so, given how low the payroll is lining up, it needs to go into right field. You can't have a position on the diamond that's an outright embarrassment, and that's how this is looking. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street, But, you know, I can also set this up from a positive standpoint. I could say, look at the rest of the lineup. Look at the way it's shaping up. If you go across the infield and you presume, as I would hope that you could safely presume, that O'Neill Cruz has a chance to be the starting shortstop in St. Louis, then you've got two huge components of your future and the present on the left side of the infield with Cruz and Cabrian Hayes. You've got a bunch of guys doing some tug-of-war for second base, whether that's Cole Tucker, Kevin Newman, Michael Chavis, um, Hoy Park. There's there's a bunch of different people you could throw into the mix. None of them are super exciting, but you'll have a second baseman. You'll have someone there who's capable of playing the position. At first base, you've got Daniel Vogelback and or Yoshi Tsutsugo, depending on which is the first baseman and which is the designated hitter. Behind the plate, you've got Roberto Perez, who's a pretty much a defense-only guy at this point in his career. You'll take defense at that position, but you'll also more happily take the kind of offense that he brought a couple of years ago in Cleveland. In the outfield, you've got obviously Brian Reynolds in center, and Ben Gamble, who hit a homer yesterday in Bradenton, over in left. The glaring, gigantic hole is in right. And there's no reason for it. None. There's no justification for whether it's Ben Charrington or all the way up to Bob Nutting. To say, yeah, we're just going to let right field just completely stink this year. And I'm sorry. Okay, this part is sounding mean. But these players are not starting major leaguers. And I really feel like you can look across the rest of the lineup and say that these other guys are. They're not all stars. They're not even all impact guys, especially at second base. But there's a big difference between that and what would be getting thrown out there into right field. Look, there are a lot of free agents still floating around. Because of the lockout, there was a massive obvious delay in getting guys signed or started getting signed. And the way the business tends to work... There's X number of players that need to be signed in order for the rest to kind of trickle down. The most expensive one will go first, so they set the market, and then everybody else's price comes down, and that's what teams wait for. But you don't have to wait long. There's three weeks until opening day, and you're going to see more and more of these guys come in. And I've said this to you on the show last week from Bradenton. I shared with you that I've heard that the Pirates are still planning to spend more money, maybe even a lot more money, going into this season. Go ahead and laugh. I'm just sharing with you what I heard. I understand that a part of that should be and probably will be going into starting pitching, especially if you've seen how these guys have gone so far. But don't tell me you can't go and find yourself a right fielder, even if it's just for a year, someone, you know, who can play the position and not humiliate you out there. When we come back, just one question. This comes from Frank Palatica, who asks, how do players, both new and established, look at the Pirates organization right now? A place that's building toward a championship or a place where they can show off their skills and get traded to a contender? There's such a chasm between the perception of the Pirates on the outside, including right here in our own city. And what exists on the inside, Frank? That's the simplest, cleanest answer that I can give you. And I know it's not going to be enough because perception is a big, big, big thing. Players don't talk about payroll. Players don't talk about Bob Nutting being Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Players don't talk about trades that happened two years ago, five years ago, 25 years ago, Ralph Kiner years ago. They just don't. They are, and I'm going to try to find a way to phrase this contextually so that it makes sense, they are trying to make the major leagues or stay in the major leagues. That is intrinsically an individual task, an individual goal. They're not looking at the Pirates as an institution. You and I do that, Frank. Okay? And when they're playing a game at night at PNC Park against whoever, Cubs, Brewers, Reds, They're trying to win that game. And as things get better, there's going to be team camaraderie and so forth. But when you're talking about worrying or fretting over the state of the franchise or some broader vision of how the franchise is perceived, man, that just doesn't exist. It doesn't. No matter what I say to you, you're not going to believe me on this. But any time I've tried to engage anyone, this is going back over two and a half decades of covering this team, about payroll or nutting or cheapness or whatever, the only times that it's gotten any response whatsoever were those three years that the Pirates were a playoff team. That's the only times that it ever came up, that ever drew a reaction. Why? Because it was in the moment, which is where and how baseball get played. Everything is, like Clint Hurdle used to say, shower well, show up the next day, and win that night's game. Perform to your best. Everything in baseball, in baseball life, is day by day. There's very little room for bigger picture stuff. I'm going to share with you that when I was in Bradenton last week, Brian Reynolds and I had, you know, a couple of pretty good talks. And they touched on, you know what, as it relates to subject matter. And I can tell you that this individual, as interested as he was in this, because it involves his own immediate and long-term future, All he really wanted to do was to get out to the cage and start swinging because that's what he's got to do to be successful that day. Now, I'll repeat, he cares. And of course he cares about where he's going to play, whether it's in Pittsburgh or Miami or wherever, and whatever year he might end up getting traded or not traded or extended. There's no way he wouldn't care right then and there he just wants to play baseball that day that is the way these guys are wired and i will line up baseball players current and former from here to san diego who will attest to that they just don't think about this stuff much less talk about it i appreciate the question it was a very good one and i appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of pirates one of these tomorrow.